Happy Lenten season, everyone. I'm Sarah Elizabeth Smith, and this is the Theosophia Podcast, a platform for women's voices in theology. Before I introduce this week's guest, I just wanted to tell y'all about a really cool project I've contributed to uh, during this Lenten season. Keep Watch With Me is a Lenten reader curated by my friend, uh, the Reverend Claire Brown, who was on Theosophia, if y'all remember, a couple weeks ago talking about priesthood and motherhood, along with her friend, Michael McRae. The Lenten reader sends you an email each day from contributors focused on what the Lenten season has to say about peacemaking. Subscribers will hear from writers who are black, white, brown, LGBTQ, Latinx, Palestinian, incarcerated, Native American, Australian, Irish, English, Rwandan, South African, clergy, laity, activists, authors, organizers, and so much more. Every day, readers will get delivered to their inbox, a unique reflection grounded in a true personal story from one of the above writers and a spiritual practice crafted by Claire. To sign up for these free emails, uh, Google Keep Watch With Me Lent, and that should take you directly to Michael McRae's website where you can sign up. So the next two weeks, I have the honor and privilege of having my friend and sister, or should I say mother, in the Episcopal Church, the Reverend Nontombi Naomi Tutu. The challenges of growing up black and female in apartheid South Africa have been the foundation of Naomi Tutu's life as an activist for human rights. Tutu is the third child of Archbishop Desmond Tutu, Emeritus, and Leah Tutu. She was born in South Africa, was educated in Swaziland, the U.S., and England. She's divided her adult life between South Africa and the U.S., and most recently, Reverend Tutu finished her MDiv at Vanderbilt University and is serving as curacy to the cathedral, Christchurch Cathedral in Nashville, Tennessee. Y'all are going to love hearing from Naomi. I had such a blast getting to speak with her. Here is the Reverend Tutu. Make sure I'm saying your name correctly. That's something I obviously want to do right. But I want to say like your, your because Naomi is your middle name, right? Mm-hmm. But you usually yeah. go by that in the States at least? Yeah, because, you know, I'm just a very impatient person. Yeah. And so it was like after the first three or four times that people butchered Nondombi, I was like, oh, forget it. Yeah. Naomi, just use Naomi. And, you know, the the funny thing is with my name too is that my whole time growing up, so my mom calls me Nondombi, my dad calls me Naomi. And that's how it's been all my life. It's been like half the family calls me by my African name and the other half calls me Naomi. Yeah. And friends, it's exactly the same thing. So I've just, I've always gone by both. So, yeah. I mean, I love, I love both of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I love, so I mean, beautiful. for my, for my ordination, I wanted Nondombi because that was the name that my paternal grandmother gave me. Mm. And Naomi was the name that my parents gave me after my godmother mm-hmm. and my maternal god my maternal grandmother gave me Nozizwe. So those are the three names that I use most. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Well has has anyone called you Mother Tutu yet? Uh, yeah, I stopped <laughs> them. I mean, like, no. Mother is not where I'm going. I'm oh. definitely 
not mother. No. I'm, go- I'm definitely going to, in your intro, which I'll record separately, <laughs> I'm going to say mother, mother, <laughs> and then me, Naomi, too. Please. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I mean, I, oh, we've been having this conversation because, I mean. Yeah, how do you feel about that? Let's go into that a little bit. What do you, how do you feel about that I, title? See, so. There is so much baggage with mother. I mean, mother, for, for me growing up, mother was, it was mother superior in, in the convent. Mm. And I went to an Anglican convent school. So yeah. mother, mother. And so for me, mother, you know, I think people are using mother, thinking that they're using it as the equivalent of father, yeah. the way that they say father. But it's not. It's not because of the history in the church. Yeah. of how mother has been used and also because of the way in which you know we there is a, I mean I'm I'm a mother of three people <laughs> and those three people are three that's more than enough really <laughs> <laughs> I can just about handle those three <clears throat> I, in in terms of what mother means to me. Yeah. So trying to think of um, you know, I and I haven't come up with a good solution. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've talked about it at the church and Lissa actually shared an article where somebody was making the point that, you know, we talk about Bish, I, I can't remember who the article was by, but she spoke about, you know, we say bishop so-and-so, deacon so-and-so. Yeah. So why don't we just say priest so-and-so yeah. for male and female priests? Then we wouldn't have the problem. And yeah. so, I mean, I, I kind of like that idea. If, we, if we're going if, if we're gonna be consistent with right. the titles, then let's just be consistent. I know it's going to take people, you know, it's not going to happen overnight because people will, come up with reasons why we don't call people priest or so I don't know we're gonna have to find some way of doing it but mother is not it for me (laughs) that's fair that's fair how about how about reverend yeah I mean I don't you know the reverend is but that's all right right yeah it's all right but I mean you know it's the reverend is yeah, the t- is the proper title, which is a mouthful to ask people to say over and over again. The Reverend Naomi, the Reverend Naomi. Yeah. So, I mean, on the whole, for me, it's like if people say, uh, you know, when it's people my own age, Naomi is fine, except for in the situation where, which we've had at the church, where we had, um, uh, you know, somebody say, um, Dean. Dean Timothy right. and Father Matthew and then Lissa. No, no, no. We we need to. There has to be. She, she needs a proper title. Exactly, as, as exactly, yeah. exactly. So I was like, um, yeah, and I think that actually it would be a great conversation for churches to have about mm. what is you know why have we not had this conversation and we're all kind of struggling about what it is that when we need to be called why mm. is and when i you know when i pointed it out to the dean about um one of the so it had been one of the sacristans telling people where we we needed to go saying um 
Father Matthew, Dean, Timothy, and yeah. Lisa. And um and and he and he said to me, uh, yeah, you know, we'll we'll send out something to the sacristans, but I don't think that it's something that we need to do with the whole congregation. And I thought about that and I thought, well, that's that's sad because I think it would be a great opportunity for the congregation mm-hmm. to have so because I'm sure that if the sacristans I don't think that they were trying specifically to disrespect Lissa, though that's possible. Mm. Uh, but but that maybe if I mean if the sacristans don't know what to call us, then probably nobody in the church, many no, people absolutely. in the church, are struggling absolutely. with what to call us. And it would be, I think that we would be doing ourselves and the congregation a service to have that <clears throat> conversation mm-hmm. and say what we feel. So mm-hmm. I mean that that if I could, so in, rather than having to say to one person after another, no, I don't want to be called mother. That yeah. you know, for us to have that that you know, Naomi doesn't want the title mother, and mm-hmm. so uh, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So think- you're just gonna have to make up whatever you want, and for, <laughs> as far as the intro, <laughs> you can say. Her extreme holiness. Her extreme holiness. <laughs> now that is a hell of a title. I'm I'm I think that might actually be be it. That might Yeah. I'm into that. Like I'm into that way more than mother, way more than reverend. Exactly. Way more Your than anything. Extreme I mean higher than bishop, higher than yeah. pope, higher than Anybody, that extreme holiness. Oh wow, Naomi, Naomi, <laughs> you you said it. Yeah. Well, I was having this conversation with my students today, and they were, I like help advise this like uh, youth. What is it called? I don't know what the acronym's for, but it's it's a service group, like kids who want to do service projects. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they were talking about how they have a difficult time with one of their teachers calling her doctor, whatever, mm-hmm. because she's a woman and they just call her, you know, it's, it's difficult to remember to call her doctor. And I'm like, listen, what? I had to, I had to, yeah, I had to sit down and tell these kids who are bright kids. Like I, I'm working at a very, you know, well-to-do p- private school here in Oklahoma city. Yeah. I had to explain to them that woman, <laughs> What her butt her off, ass for off for those three letters and damn it, you will call You're her use them. doctor. <laughs> if you can remember to call Dr. John Powell, Dr. John Powell, then you better oh my goodness. freaking call Dr. You know, Jennifer, whoever her proper name. So anyways, oh my Lord. And I yeah. said, you know, I would have you call me, you know, Master Smith because <laughs> I have I two masters and I work damn hard. So you, but I think master, <laughs> like you said, mother has some pretty negative connotations. So <laughs> I, I feel strange asking people call me master Smith, even though I, th- I think it would be cool. It would be nice. right? <laughs> <laughs> so Naomi, uh, Naomi, for people who don't know you, um, I obviously know a little bit of your background. I used to, I learned about, you know, I studied your father in, in undergrad at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I've known 
about, you know, what is he? Is he a bishop? Bishop? He's, well, he's a archbishop emeritus. Archbishop. So he's, he oh. retired as archbishop. Archbishop. Mm-hmm. Archbishop. Mm-hmm. So I know you because of him. And then we went to Vanderbilt together and had a couple classes together. And I didn't really make the connection for a minute. I'm going to be honest. And I was like, wait. <laughs> it's okay. That's good. Wait. Naomi's last name is Tutu. Does that mean? Oh, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> like, I, was, <laughs> I remember when the light bulb came on, I was like, oh, my God. I mean, I freaked out because obviously I'm Episcopalian and mm-hmm. we're sisters in the church. And so that was just a cool revelation. But. You you grew up in South Africa, right? In South Africa, in England, in Lesotho, in Swaziland. Because children of clergy are like military children. Oh. They, we get moved. And so, oh. yeah. So we moved a lot. We moved a lot. Okay. And, you know, and let me just, just to backtrack really quickly that actually that was one of the things that I did like about Vanderbilt was, um, that for a number of people didn't make the connection, mm-hmm. and that was that was great for me. Probably refreshing. Um, not having yeah, that it was you know it was a good it was a good experience that people yeah. got to know me as me. Yeah. Um, and then was like, oh my god, you mean really? That's and I'm like, yeah, okay. So, but that <laughs> we could that we've already established some level of relationship, right? Because especially with the work that I was doing before I went to Vanderbilt, which was, you know, diversity stuff and, mm. and, and, and public speaking, that's like the first thing that is right. put out there, daughter right. of. So, right. that was, so that was, that was a really refreshing experience for me. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, if you ask me where is home, I say South Africa. Mm. But when I'm, you know, when I add out my years of where did I live? when um i actually did not live the majority of my my life in south africa mm-hmm. um and the thing is that when we did live in south africa we were in boarding school in surrounding countries mm-hmm. so so even when we lived in south africa i was spending 9 months of the year outside of south africa Wow. in Swaziland or yeah. um, so for us, it was, was almost all Swaziland because when we were in Lesotho, we lived there as a family. Mm-hmm. So, 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 but I mean, South Africa is where I identify as being the place that formed me. That is mm-hmm. um, my home. Um, the stories of South Africa are the stories that, um, that shaped my my view of the world, mm-hmm. my experiences in South Africa, are what um, what have yeah are what have made me really um, the that have been the basis of how I look at the world is mm-hmm. the amazing experiences I had in South Africa with the community that I grew up in that loved and cherished me and encouraged me. Um, but also the, the, the awful experiences in South Africa that, you know, the fact that I did go to boarding school at six and a half because my parents wanted us not to go through Bantu education in South Africa, that mm-hmm. in going, in making those trips to boarding school, 
that by the time, you know, that my parents had a, 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 a path mapped out for the two days that it took us to get there of gas stations that would allow us to use bathrooms. Mm. And that, so, you know, that of seeing my parents and my grandparents treated as nothing, as, you know, Mm. less than, um, and who were the people who I loved and I admired and were my role models and to be in a, in a, a situation where, you know, my grandmothers, especially who are really the two people who I always hold on to as my role models to the way that they were treated under apartheid has been the thing that has been for me about being passionate about empowering women, but especially mm-hmm. black women. Yeah. So, yeah. So South Africa, it is me. Yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. <sighs> okay. This made me think of a question. I will go on to go off on a tangent here. Cause I think it'll be good. Um, okay. How is racism and white supremacy different in the States than how you grew up in like apartheid South Africa. So, I mean, you know, or the same, I was going to say that, that in many ways it's, it's very much the same. I mean, the difference obviously is that, you know, in apartheid South Africa, it was stated in the law. And so we had the signs when I was growing up, Mm -hmm. you know, whites only, um mm-hmm. uh, you know um that that there were train carriages that were for white people only there were buses for white people only there were park benches for white people only so we had that clearly state i mean it was up there it was there you knew it you saw it it was it was it was clear in a way that it is not clear in the US mm-hmm. today Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you know, I mean, the experience of, um, of, of being treated as something less than human is exactly the same. Mm. It's exactly the same experience. It is, you know, so for me, when I think about the, the experience of having my son come home and be, I mean, almost shaking from an experience of someone who he considered a friend mm-hmm. telling him that black people steal. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that to me felt exactly the same as I felt when I would walk in Johannesburg and, and know that any police officer could stop me and ask me for a pass. And if I didn't, I could be arrested. That knowledge that I'm walking these streets as a human being, but I am not seen as an mm-hmm. equal mm-hmm. to to other people. So in that way, it is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And that to me, you see, and I think that that's what, um, that's what, 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 gets me 
really fired in in this country is that you know people keep saying well it's changed it's different but the experience of being a black person of having to put on a a a psychological and a spiritual armor before you step out of the house is exactly the same in this country as it was for me growing up wow that you know the experience of being in a a a shop in this neighborhood where i live and having um the store security follow me around for n- clearly for no reason i mean th- yeah. there is not a picture of me as being a known shoplifter <laughs> going going that's in there that you know why would you choose me of all of the people in the store to follow why do why do you think that i am suspicious that that is it feels the same mm-hmm. to me yeah I think the difference too is that 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 in a way is it's actually a little it's a little bit more frustrating because you know when something happens I I mean I remember I was out to dinner with some friends and um we ordered bottled water and we were having separate checks and so then the waiter came back and said you know so whose checks should I put the bottled water on just a silly story right who's checked it and so i said oh you can put one on mine and there were like three of us at the table who said just put them on mine put it on mine and then the bill came my check came and there were two bottled waters which you know is not a big deal but then i said oh who didn't who who's uh bill didn't he put the bottled water on cuz there were three or four of us who said we were going to take and then everybody looked at there and he had not charged anybody else for bottled water because <laughs> i guess he couldn't remember who else had said but then he was like okay i'll just get over it and give the two bottles to the black woman at the table mm-hmm. and so then i said to people i was like this makes me angry that mm-hmm. he didn't even have the courage to say i've forgotten but i'm going to slip it into the black woman's bill right and when i said that you know and then like, oh no that was it wasn't about you being black or anything you know so it's those kind of experiences where you say to people this is my experience this is what happened to me right. as a woman of color and the first reaction is oh it probably wasn't about race maybe you're too sensitive No, I'm not too sensitive. I've mm-hmm. lived this for 57 years. Mm-hmm. I know what it looks like mm-hmm. and I know what it feels like and I wish that it it wasn't so subtle to you that right. I would have to explain it each right. time it happens. Right. Yeah, I've had a lot of black friends explain it as a you know, it's the same degree of racism that's going on that that there used to be it's just it's so subdued that mm-hmm. undercover uh, yeah it's undercover in a way that we they wished there were still signs because at mm-hmm. least you you would know you know where you're you're where okay you're um, yeah 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 mm-hmm. well thank you for explaining that i think that'll be really helpful for folks <laughs> but going back to more of your upbringing So mm-hmm. you were just as I'll I mentioned in the beginning 
you were just ordained in the Episcopal Church in the United States, but you grew up Anglican. Mm-hmm. So explain kind of what, maybe how the Anglican Church, how, I don't think all of my, all of our listeners know about the correlation or the relationship between the Anglican Church and the Episcopal Church, because they are the same, but explain yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, so, so, you know, the Anglican Communion, which is, basically all of the churches around the world that came out of the Church of England mm-hmm. um, and and in different provinces are called by different names because the Anglican Communion is not like the, the Roman Catholic Church where there's a Pope and then everybody else falls out under the Pope, right? So right. we have different provinces with... Um, with archbishops, metropolitans, primates, whatever you want to call them. Um, And each province is an independent province connected like siblings to the larger Anglican communion. And um, the Archbishop of Canterbury that people always say, oh, is that like your Pope? Like, "Mm, not really. (laughs) (laughs) So the official Anglican thing is, um, first among equals is how the Archbishop of Canterbury is, is described in mm-hmm. comparison to other archbishops. Mm-hmm. So in South Africa, the church that came out of the Church of England is the Anglican Church. Um, when I was growing up, it was the Church of the Province of Southern Africa, and they've just changed their n- name, and I can't remember what it is, <laughs> <laughs> because for me, it's always been the tr- CPSA. Um, and and so we are, I mean, we're in full communion with the Episcopal Church. So when you go to South Africa as an Episcopalian you walk into an Anglican church and it's completely recognizable. The service is almost exactly the same as it would be here. Um, your, your papers transfer seamlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a, as, a, as a priest ordained in the Episcopal church, I can go home and, and be a priest in, in the Anglican, uh, in the church of the province of South Africa mm-hmm. without having to, do any other proof um the i mean but again because we are independent combined independent related mm-hmm. provinces the the rules and that govern different provinces are can be different so mm-hmm. for instance uh though i mean this is probably not a, a great example since especially since I'm in the Diocese of Tennessee. But uh, that, you know, so the Episcopal Church uh, in, in the U.S., the Episcopal Church um, ordains, uh, ordains gay and lesbians with, with no, with no um, limitation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in South Africa, the Church of the Province of South Africa will ordain gay and lesbian clergy, but then they are expected to remain celibate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, the, so the rules, the policies of the different provinces are different, but the underlying 
understanding of what it means to be the church is is the same. And so what mm -hmm. I always tell people is, when I'm outside of the US, I'm Anglican, but when I'm in the US, I'm very clearly Episcopalian yeah. because the Anglican church in the US is very different um, from the communion that I come from. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's helpful, very helpful. Mm -hmm. So why ordination for you? Oh my Lord, I don't know. <laughs> I am still asking myself <laughs> that question. Oh my goodness. If you knew how much of a struggle this has been for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just said I've been on this planet 57 years and I just got ordained like three weeks ago. Yeah. Um it, I, I'm not a second career clergy. I'm like a seventh career <laughs> clergy. Uh, and so I think that why ordination is that I, I felt, I finally felt that I had to stop running from a call that I had sensed much earlier in my life. Mm -hmm. um, and part of the reason goes back to daughter of, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that, so my dad was ordained the year that I was born. So I've only ever known him as a priest. Yeah. And um, from the time I was born, I was the child that looked the most like my dad. I was going to say, I see him in you. So <laughs> just, just and you. Oh, and so, I mean, so that for me was, I mean, that was such an identity identifier for me mm -hmm. from every, everywhere I went, you know, mm -hmm. it was just like, oh my gosh, you look so much like your father. <laughs> and so it was like, I need, I need to separate. I need to have something that separates me yeah. from him. Yeah. And so when I sensed that I had a call to ministry, I was like, there is no way. I don't care what anybody says there is no way that I am going into ministry because I have his nose I am not having his job that that is totally out of the question and seriously you're laughing at me. but seriously I mean the first time that I thought I might have a call to ordination I had just finished my first master's and so I was what 24 years old and I I really had a sense of a call and I was just I cannot do that I I knew that I could not do that I I was not confident yet in myself to to be a priest daughter of bishop tutu Mm -hmm. um, and it took me over 30 years <laughs> to finally say, you know what? Um, he has lived, he's lived his call. His live, he has lived what was the call on his life. And I, I can't use him as an excuse for not li living the call on my own life. Yeah. Yeah. And I have, as I said, you know, I felt this call for a long time and, 
when I went to Vanderbilt, and part of the reason I chose Vanderbilt was I decided that I was going, I needed to do some academic work around what this core was going to look like. And part of the reason I chose Vanderbilt was because it was not an Episcopal school. Mm. I was, you know, I was like, if I, if I apply to seminary, if I start looking at seminaries, then I am saying I'm going to be ordained mm -hmm. and I need to go through the process. But at least I'm the one thing I'm going to say is, okay, I'm open to a ministry, but I know it's not ordained ministry. So I'm going to apply to Vanderbilt. Yeah. And, um, and even as I was at, by the time I was at Vanderbilt too, I had been in the diocese of Tennessee for a number of years mm -hmm. and had not found a, a church home in the Episcopal church, which was the strangest experience for me because. That's what I was wondering. I was like, I didn't know you were Episcopalian for a while because <laughs> you weren't a part of a, a community. No, I wasn't. I wasn't because I didn't feel I had looked for a community mm -hmm. and I had not been able to find a place where I felt at home in the church in the way that I had felt at home in the church throughout my life, wherever mm -hmm. I had been. And so I actually joined uh, Metropolitan Interdenominational here in, in Nashville um, as, a, as a church community. And it's funnily, I know I'm, I'm rambling now, but funnily enough, I was preaching there just, just the other day and I said to them, you know, I have meant to come to this church to thank you Mm. for holding me in the church mm. at the t at a time when I felt like I did not have a church. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until my field ed at, at Vanderbilt that I was sent to a church in Smyrna, uh, All Saints Episcopal. Oh, yeah. Which is predominantly Korean um, refugees from Burma. Uh-huh. An amazing priest, Randy Hoover Dempsey, mm -hmm. who just reaffirmed for me or reawoke in me that mm -hmm. yes, I was completely Episcopalian Anglican, <laughs> um, and yes, the call was for ordination. Yeah. That it that what is in me is a call to the priesthood to serve out a ministry as in again let me and and I'm somebody who believes fully in the priesthood of all baptized so mm -hmm. uh the ministry of all who are baptized I believe that we are a sacred priesthood all of us mm. but I there is for me the ordained priesthood is the place that I feel that I can serve my, that I feel most fully a part of that priesthood of yeah. all the baptized. Yeah. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yes, it does. It does. So, it does. Yeah. Um, so after a long Long, oh, I, while I was at, at Virginia Theological, one of our professors asked us all to 
use a song to describe our our journey in ministry and mine was the long and winding road <laughs> fitting very fitting so yeah it's been a long and winding road well last question on this part Naomi mm-hmm. um can you talk about what it means to be a woman in theology and maybe even perhaps how Sophia fit, fits into that for you mm-hmm. So I mean, oof. You know, the our church has got so much work to yeah. do to acknowledge the particular gifts and um perspectives that women clergy bring. Mm-hmm. Um you know, our there's a way in which the church in ordaining women um, kind of in many ways kind of just was like, what we're going to do is we're going to let you into this little club that we, we have, Mm -hmm. which is completely not what, what the church needed. What the church needed was to say, thank you for opening the doors and windows mm-hmm. of this closed musty room we've been mm-hmm. in to show us the the great expanse of what it means to be priests of our god yeah. right and in and so it i mean it is still like this the struggle around even things as basic as like the vestments, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and the clerical shirts. I mean, I I found this. I mean, and this is how basic it is. I found this place in in England that does clerical garb for women, and I was wearing one of the one of the tops one day, and somebody said to me, "Oh my goodness." That doesn't look like a clerical shirt. And I said, you know what? God called me to the priesthood. God didn't call me to be a white man. <laughs> and and that, and I and seriously, I mean, the clerical shirt was the thing that was the intro to that. But that's what I think that our right. church has not taken full advantage of. Right. It, it has it, it has said to us. Rather than saying, what is it that is different about women, about people of color in, in that feeds the church, mm-hmm. that feeds, that grows us, that expands who our hearts and who we are in front of God. There's like this fear and we're going to keep, okay, we'll let a few in, but we're keeping it exactly the way it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, no, that's, no. <laughs> that's not what we were struggling for. We were not, and that was my point that, you know, I, I was not called to be a white man. God called me in all my yeah. Naomi black South African womanness yes. into this ministry because God wants Naomi black womanness 
crazy, <laughs> loving, intelligent, whatever you want to describe me as, that that is who God is calling. Right. And and I and I pray that our church gets gets to the point where it's not a constant struggle for us as women to be fully ourselves mm-hmm. and fully clergy. Mm-hmm. Because when we are fully ourselves and fully clergy, that's when the church will be fully the church. Mm-hmm. Amen. What a fun conversation, Naomi is such a passionate and energetic person. It was such a delight to be in her presence. Be on the lookout this later this week. I'll be sharing lots of pictures and videos of Reverend Tutu as she comes to Oklahoma City to hang out with me and the kids at my school at Cassidy, which is a, a K-12 Episcopal Day School here in the city. We're so excited to spend some time with Naomi and learn from her. And as always, please rate and review us on iTunes. Check out our website, theosophiapodcast.com and theologycorner.net. I'll see you all next week. Peace.